Welcome to Valley of the Sunset, a Vampire the Masquerade V5 Chronicle set in Phoenix, Arizona, and we're going to open with Jeffy. You broke through down into the subterranean chamber that was hidden beneath the swimming pool. Uh, the pool has entirely drained out at this point, um, so uh, pretty obvious. Uh, no, no way of hiding what you've done here, Jeffy. Uh, and you see uh, in front of you in the kind of dim light that's coming through from the, the hole that you made, um, a stone sarcophagus. It has intricate carvings on it uh, of French fleur-de-lis and kind of cherubic uh, um, reliefs carved into the stone. It's it's very ornate, uh, and it doesn't look... It looks old, but not ancient, not like particularly, not even medieval. It looks like um, perhaps something of like the Victorian era or even maybe a little later. Jeffy's going to want to kind of take a look around the room. How How big is the room? Like the chamber, I guess. It's uh, slightly larger than the swimming pool itself, and it was like a full-size, like Olympic swimming pool. Uh, so the the chamber is, I'll say probably like like it's laid out, but it's probably like twice the size of the pool. Uh, it takes up most of what's under the courtyard. Okay, um, so he kind of wants to like he's sloshing around, like looking into this room, into this chamber. Um, you know, gets the size of it, like oh well. Well, hell, this has been down here all that time? Oh, man. Oh, boy. And then he'll go and he'll check the sarcophagus. He'll note all the details so, Jeffy, that you as saw. You're, as you're checking around the room, you hear the lid of the sarcophagus begin to slide open. And you immediately, with your, your auspex powers, your powers of premonition, the powers of your Malkavian blood, perhaps, you feel that you are in grave danger. Oh, hell no, 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 no. And he's going to, like, try to get out if he can. <laughs> you said I dropped, like, 15 feet, right? Uh, you dropped a good ways, yeah. Do you, uh, do you have any powers of the blood that would assist you in leaping out of here or climbing? Any potence or anything like that? None whatsoever. All right, then how would Jeffy attempt to escape? There is the hole still above you. Uh, um, you could perhaps scale the walls with a, a good enough dexterity in athletics or strength in athletic, athletics, whatever is better for you. God, I think it would be Dex and Athletics, uh, which I just spent into, thankfully. I feel like he has to try to, like, is, the sarcophagus is, like, in the middle. Could he? Mm -hmm. nah, I don't know. Yeah, he just has to try to, like, climb as best he can because there's really nothing else he can do. Scrambling up the walls, trying to get back to the, the hole. Yeah. Fortunately, from where you, like, broke through, it actually broke, like, a good chunk. Like, a good chunk okay. of the bottom of the pool came down with you. So you can kind of scale up the walls of this place and kind of get up to uh, where you could potentially get out. All right. So so Jeffy's going to try some rudimentary uh, rock climbing right now. <laughs> All right. So uh, roll for me your dexterity and your athletics. I will be I will be rousing the blood because I keep, keep your willpower handy just in case. Exactly. I know that I'm only at one hunger, so that will be helpful. Dex two, athletics two, so four. So it'll be six total. And I do not get hungrier, and I've got willpower on deck. So let's see what happens. Two, four, six. I've got three successes. Three successes. I'm going to spend willpower, willpower just, yeah, I was going to say, say just yeah. to be sure. 
you're you're one off. And I got one success extra, so total. All right, four. so you have four successes. That was just uh, exactly what you needed. So you sense you sense the danger. You hear the sarcophagus lid begin to slide open, and you uh, almost letting your your bestial side, your your animal nature, take over. You scramble up the rough walls uh, up into the ruined pool and make your way safely back into the courtyard as you hear the sarcophagus lid slam onto the stone floor and something stirs in the pit beneath you. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, he's just like, Eloise? Uh, Miss Eloise? Oh, I'm... Uh, Miss Eloise! And he's like running to the like her room at this point, I guess. Right. Is she in the office? Um, I think we, where we ended with Eloise, if I, I might be wrong. I think you were back at your desk. Is that right? Probably. It's where she likes to hang out and do busy work. Important work. So then you hear like from the courtyard, like, Oh, uh, Miss Eloise. Oh, I do Where are I? I need you. And you, he bursts through your office, just like sopping wet in his like, you know, <laughs> pool cleaning stuff. Uh, and he's just like, there's some uh, in it, in the pool. And uh, I, I was just trying to fix it. And you're, you're dragging water all up in here. That's the least, that's the least of our worries. Miss Eloise, there, oh, there's something down there. Oh boy. And it's moving. It also, it's got the, it's, it, it took the lid off. Um, Eloise is going to, um, do we have walkie talkies? I think you guys would. Yeah. I think I you'd have like the little like, would, yeah, she, I feel like she would have walkie talkies for everyone and have very like specific rules for which channel to keep it on at all times during what hours. So she would like see that Jeffy's like panicking and then switch from, being concerned about water getting dragged in there to um, flipping on the, the walkie-talkie and just being like, um, all hands on deck, we have a... Uh... <laughs> all hands on deck, <laughs> code, code orange in the lobby now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I believe no one comes because everyone else is away. Uh, at the moment, so... Eloise doesn't know that, right? Yeah, I, I don't think Eloise knows that, no. Eloise <laughs> certainly doesn't know that Melinda and Foxglove left. Uh, because they left Molly alone. Okay. So... So, she... so you you wait perhaps a beat, <laughs> wait a moment, there's no... Okay. No one stirs, no one's coming. So she puts the um, walkie-talkie back in her pocket and goes, What is it, Jeffy? Show me what's going on. Oh, uh, I just, I got a bad feeling about us being down there right now. Um, down I, where? I said, uh, it's um, uh, under the pool. Under the pool? Under the pool? Y yeah. Y yeah. I thought we were going to uh, take a moment before doing anything rash. Did you do something rash, Jeffy? I, 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 I. I just wanted to help, you know. I just, I just wanted to help. I know, I know you do, dear. What, what is it? What, what's down there? A dang, uh, what do you call them? One of them stone, um, stone, stone coffins, like, uh, like King Tut. 
Sarcophagus? Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's the word. Oh, and it's, uh, moving. The lid opened. It opened. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> um, uh, oh, dear. Um, sh- why don't you show me? Well, um, oh, he'll, uh, all right. And yeah, he'll, like, uh, can he get like the pool skimmer and he's like holding the pool skimmer in his hands and he'll like lead the way. Stay behind me, Miss Eloise. And he'll like look down over to where the empty, uh, uh, don't get mad and look down over to where the empty pool is. So yeah, Eloise, as, as Jeffy leads you out into the courtyard, you immediately notice that there's no water in the pool. And then as you get closer, you see, a large chunk of the bottom of the pool itself is missing and has fallen into this subterranean chamber below. Jeffy, the prince said to keep the pool clean, not empty and damaged. What have you done? I was just trying to help, I swear, but we got more important again. It's down there. I think we need reinforcements for this. And as you say that, Jeffy, you actually hear the rustle of the bushes uh, across the courtyard from you. Now, uh, oh, hell, uh, don't freak out, Miss Eloise. Uh, something's over there. Uh, something, something's rustling. Does, what does Eloise see? You, you see the, the bushes rustling as though some... Uh, quiet, uh, muted struggle is going on. She has no way to to contact um, Deacon, right? I think you would have one of his burner cell phone numbers. Uh, Text only, no calls, uh, no explicit business. So, talking code. Um, She's just going to text in all caps, code orange, and probably throw some like emojis in there, like how boomers do. <laughs> like completely out of context, like the wrong emoji for the situation. Yeah. Like a laughing, crying emoji. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like you think it's just a crying emoji, but it's the laughing, crying emoji. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And then maybe like the explosion emoji to show a sense of urgency sorry the sploosh emoji because it's pool related yes exactly the sploosh emoji Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and can i see any movement other than just like rustling bushes and the sign of like a quiet struggle it's it's a little too too dense to really see what's going on you definitely see a figure uh in the bushes okay Oh hell! Yeah, or kind of just behind here. them, perhaps. Ship, ship! I wish you were here so bad right now. And he's just gonna like edge forward with the pool skimmer, and just like nudge, nudge. Hey there! And then back off. <laughs> um, so as you nudge closer into the bushes, kind of moving uh, the branches a bit with the the pool. Uh, skimmer. They're pretty you... long. I'm like ten feet away, yeah, right? They, they I'm are. like I'm yeah. like pool skimming I mean, the bushes. It's, it's on the pool. Yeah, I mean it's it's at least like I don't know six ten feet. All right, I'm specifically trying to keep my distance, but mm. figure out what's going on. 
what you see in the bushes as you get closer is a figure dressed in what looks to be kind of uh, Victorian finery. Uh, it almost looks like a very nice uh, silk brocade coat. Uh, almost like classic vampire. Um, we talking might Lestat and like, all that? Yes, yeah, very very much so. That kind of like elegance, that, that old-timey elegance. Uh, and he is hunched over uh, the figure of an elderly man who he is holding, and he is viciously biting into his neck, obviously uh, momentarily lost in the throes of the beast. And uh, I think... I think Jeffy, you, you're you're familiar enough with the uh, guests that um, Eloise allows to stay here in the the motel. So you would recognize the figure as poor old Mister Woodchester, uh, one of one of Eloise's regulars, and he has been drained beyond uh, the point of of survival. He's he's gone. So and as you part the bushes, the figure drops the body uh, to the ground. And stands up and begins to straighten himself, regaining control of his faculties, and he wipes the blood from the corner of his mouth, just the tiniest little bit of a smear that was left from his feeding. Uh, as Jeffy sees this, he just like looks over his shoulder and he's like, oh, uh, Miss Eloise, oh, I think we got a new guest. And he'll like back up, put the pool skimmer away, I'm like... He's he's Kindred, uh, Mister Mister Woodchester. I don't think is going to be staying with us anymore. Yes, it appears Mister Woodchester has uh, checked out early. And uh, the new Kindred steps out of the bushes, straightening his coat, brushing the dust from his uh, shoulders. And he straightens himself. He looks very elegant. Uh, his bone structure is finely chiseled. He has long, kind of curly, dark hair and beautiful smoldering blue eyes. Uh, I'm sorry, piercing blue eyes, rather. I think that's probably a better description. Uh, piercing blue eyes. He approaches the two of you. Good evening. I'm sorry for my display i have been asleep for some time eloise is gonna walk over to jeffy grab the pool stick and kind of in a maternal manner kind of put herself in between jeffy and and the guy but like not in an overly obvious way but just kind of in more subtle like to grab the pool stick put the pool like cleaner down and kind of do a little curtsy and say Eloise Bobbitt I run this establishment it's a pleasure to meet your acquaintance oh uh yeah uh yeah I'm um I'm Jeffy I didn't I didn't mean to wake you up there uh sir I'm so sorry Two of you do not know who I am. What year do I find myself in? What, uh, it's, uh, 2022. He looks away for a moment, and then back to you with his sharp, piercing eyes. 
I am Henri Marcel Dubois, Prince of Phoenix. Shep, do you want to tie back into this? So you're not just out um, healing? Well, uh, I would need to do a bunch of rolling to see how I'd handle that. Um, why don't you just give me one hunting check? We'll see how you do on that, and then we'll determine how much yeah, you can find. Uh, what, wits and survival? Yes. Yeah, that's a messy crit for four, five. Five successes, messy crit. All right, I'll say you can you can hunt enough uh, from the animals kind of around and in your caves uh, that you can heal all of your superficial wounds and still come down to one hunger. Cool. Okay, I'm in good shape then. Um, yeah, I'll I'll head back to the hotel after recuperating some. All right, so Shep, you arrive at the motel uh, about an hour after you set out caves and you find the place is pretty quiet and Eloise is not uh, at her desk as you enter the lobby um well his hangout is the bar usually when things are quiet seems like they're quiet so I think he'll head into the bar so heading uh, through towards the, the restaurant, towards the bar, you notice that uh, Melinda's shop is closed up for the night, which is unusual. Mm. And heading into the bar, you find uh, no one there as well. Uh, neither Foxglove nor Jeffy are manning the bar. Well, I remember from the night before... Melinda indicating the room, Foxglove's room, to keep an eye on. So I'm going to pop out to the courtyard to see if... So, heading out to the courtyard, uh, you immediately notice that the pool is essentially no longer there. And you see Jeffy and Eloise uh, standing off, kind of on the side, uh, in the grass, uh, talking to an individual in a very... Uh, very elegant Victorian attire. Um, would I be entering the courtyard behind Jeffy and Eloise? Or yes, behind, behind Jeffy and Eloise, yeah. Uh, then I'm basically just gonna, as soon as I see this, kind of hover in the shadows where I am. Not like hiding, but... Not like approaching. This doesn't seem like my business <laughs> yet. All right, so we'll pick up where we left off with Eloise and Jeffy. So Eloise's reaction, perhaps, to uh, this this vampire that was, I guess, sleeping under your pool. Well, uh, your majesty, it's, it's an honor to meet your acquaintance. Would you like to um, perhaps come inside uh, and make yourself comfortable so we can have... Uh, a little chat? I only need to know one thing. Where is that bitch of a child who buried me here, Colette? 
Does she still walk the night? <laughs> she does indeed still walk the night, and she's become quite a powerful uh, kindred. Um, again, I, if you come inside, I can try and give you all of the information I have so we can concoct a plan, as it were. He looks over to you, Jeffy. Okay. You were the one who awakened me. And I, again, I'm, I'm so sorry. I just, I, I know I hate being waking up, so I, I just, I'm so sorry. Why? Why did you awaken me? Um, I, so, uh, well... This is the hotel, you know, and the pool was, I just, I was trying to fix, I was trying to fix the pool. I didn't mean to. So it was an accident then. Yeah. He looks back to you, Eloise. Lead on. It seems we have much to discuss. Of, of course, right, right this way, right this way. Um, do you, do you drink tea? He looks back over his shoulder at where he's left the body of Mr. Woodchester in the bushes, um, somewhat discreetly. Uh, no, thank you. I've had my fill for the evening. Yes, of course, right this way. As you guys are leaving, Jeffy's like, um, uh, Miss Eloise, should I come with you or, um, well, I mean, I, I, there's a... <laughs> find, find Shep and take care of this. Oh, yeah, I was going to say I made a little bit of a mess. Stop talking, And Jeffy. as you turn, Eloise, you see Shep standing in the shadows, just on the edge of the courtyard. Um, Eloise is going to, like, snap and, like, point to Shep and like point at the um, situation on the ground and then keep leading uh, Henri. You would, you would see when you turn around the moonlight glinting off his fangs because he's got a very bemused smirk on his face. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying anything. You told me to shut up. So I'm like <laughs> scuff, scuttling about. Yeah, Eloise is like Trying not to let the um, Henri see her like panicking and like go, telling her staff, "Go, go, take care of this situation." I guess I'll uh, go gather up the corpse. Right. So you gather the corpse for the second time in two nights. Getting a little bloody around here. Is there much blood, or is it mostly contained? Uh, no, there's there's really not um, much blood. He, he pretty much consumed it all. It all went in his tummy. He was hungry. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll take the body over to the pool shed for now. And Eloise, you lead your new guest in to the office. And this is a good time, I think, to cut over to Melinda... Melinda and Foxglove heading over to the Giovanni mansion 
All right. So, uh, so Melinda, you and Foxglove in the meantime have kind of snuck out of the hotel unbeknownst to Eloise, who definitely would not have approved of this meeting. Uh, or of you leaving Molly by herself. <laughs> More specifically, though, the, uh, we don't have anybody to watch Molly, so she's just going to stay in Foxglove's room and not answer the door until we come back. Um, to be fair, in Melinda's mind, she thinks she's doing this correctly but because she did say to Eloise that she was going to figure this out, and Eloise was okay with that. She's like, yes, figure this out and let me know. Yeah, so and Melinda you figured it out. <laughs> Melinda's head is like, I'm doing this for Eloise. So she doesn't think this is too bad. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, And I think for this this meeting, the long drive, uh, perhaps rather than taking your customary scooter, moped, you know, uh, maybe you'll take Foxglove's car for this one. Uh, She has that definitely like... um, Instagram influencer like gamer car kind of thing. It's like one of those like Subaru WRX, but it has all the like lighted panels on it, like the like LED lighting, uh, the like rainbow light. It's got a bunch of like the anime stickers all over it. Maybe all the lights kind of like uh, overwhelm Melinda a little bit. She's just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, so I think Foxglove like whips around to the front of the motel to pick you up uh, in her little Subaru WRX. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I probably tell Foxglove the address. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're heading to again a mansion in Phoenix. Uh, is there anything Melinda needs to do or would like to do to prepare, or anything she wants to bring with her um, before she goes to meet with Rochelle? She definitely is bringing the box. With the mirror and the uh, razor. She's not going to prepare too much. That's that's all that she's bringing. Yeah. All right. So with that, you drive. Listening to Foxglove's playlist the entire way. Uh, probably music that... Uh, that you, Melinda does not like at all. I'm, I'm imagining this is like like absolutely Probably Gen Z. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't know any of these songs. You don't know any of them. They're all like from TikTok, uh, which you have no idea what that is. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I got a quick question. Just because the dynamic between Melinda and Foxglove seems bizarre to me. Like, did she know Foxglove? Maybe explore that at some point. Do you want to? Do you want to tell the story? <laughs> Perhaps we'll have a flashback uh, of of as as we're having this drive. Would you like to narrate a flashback of uh, siring? I mean, siring I guess Foxglove. so. So Melinda saves Foxglove, so she knew what Foxglove was up to and who she was. Um, so she understands that she's definitely quite eccentric i guess like she's too different uh but from like from like what melinda is but melinda takes care of fox as if she's her daughter um so yeah they're completely different and somehow they managed to make it work so yeah Yeah, and Melinda does know about all. Sorry, what? It wasn't like a planned siren. It was like an oh shit, she's dead if I don't do something siren. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, that's why, you know, Melinda try to, tries to control certain parts of Foxglove's life. Well, or unlife, I guess. Um, but, you know, there's not so much that uh, Melinda can do, so. But yeah, they somehow manage it. <laughs> Especially when your child can still walk in the daylight, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only so much control you have there. True. Uh, but you drive, it's it's about a, a 20 to 30 minute um, drive over to the address that Rochelle gave you. And it is a uh, very stately uh, mansion, definitely newer construction uh, within the last like 20 years or so. And as your car approaches, uh, the gates, the iron gates open and Foxglove drives the long driveway up to the front of the house. Um, Foxglove, before we enter, um, I have no idea what this meeting is going to be. Um, I'm trying to find answers as to why this was left in my office. So, keep an eye out, you know, be aware of our surroundings. But don't do anything, um, that might raise suspicion towards us right so you just want me to watch your back yes just stand there look around and you know if you're addressed then you might speak but don't maybe let's try not to speak out of order uh okay yeah i think i can do that are you ready wonderful let's yes let's let's go in Right. As you approach the front doors, a what you can only describe as, as a kind of classic butler um, comes out to greet you. He looks very old. I mean, this man is probably in his 90s at least. Uh, and he kind of has a slow, stooped walk as he approaches. Uh, he greets you uh, and offers a gloved hand uh, good evening you must be miss meredith um, he definitely gets your name wrong um melinda melinda hart yes miss melinda miss rochelle is waiting for you in the drawing room and he holds a hand out and it's like his arm is like like shaking he can barely hold it up um, i'm gonna walk in Uh, as as you enter uh, the foyer, you see a lot of um, statuary. Uh, there's a a lot of marble in here, um, paintings on the wall. This looks like it's very all very uh, expensive, uh, original. Uh, these are not reproductions. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna I'm gonna look around, but I'm gonna try to walk as quickly as possible to just, you know, get to the point. So entering, uh, walking through the foyer to your left, uh, 
a doorway opens up into what is obviously the sitting room, uh, the drawing room rather. And uh, you see Rochelle seated on a Victorian couch. Uh, there's an armchair and another couch opposite her. Uh, and there's a fireplace uh, with a few logs burning. Oh, good evening, Melinda. I'm so glad you were able to uh, respond so quickly to my invitation. Well, I was intrigued. Thank you for having me here. This is a beautiful place. And you've brought an attendant with you, and she gestures to Foxglove. Yes, this is, this is Foxglove. Rochelle, Foxglove. And this associate of yours, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I just didn't expect you to bring a guest, Melinda. I apologize. Um, I guess I just don't go anywhere without Foxglove. I, I guess I could have checked this more with you. I, I apologize. Well, any friend and associate of yours is a friend and associate of mine, I suppose. Um, the box. I see you've brought the box with you. Yes, please. And she gestures you over to the, the couches. Uh, I'm going to look at Foxglove and then kind of like saying like, okay, let's sit down. Let's see what this yeah, is. Foxglove definitely like gives you a look um, <laughs> on the sly uh, and makes her way behind you over to the, the couch. Um. And I'm going to, like, probably put the box on my lap. Um, yeah. So I'm still holding it. I don't want to, like, give it to Rochelle just yet. <laughs> well, this this box has caused a lot of confusion at the hotel. Why was this left in my studio? Also, how did you get in? Oh, my dear, I, I didn't pay you a visit. It was, it was my dear sister, Millicent. Those are hers, after a fashion. Okay. And what am I supposed to do with them? Well, I suppose you could return them. I'm sure you have no further need of them. Well, you she see merely this... went and wanted to get a, a sense of you. I thought you might be able to help us. Help you with what? I need your help solving a very old murder. Don't tell me. The murder weapon was this racer? Yes. Catch on quick. And, and you know the who the razor no, belonged to. You know who the razor belonged to. Sonoran Slasher. He was never oh, yes. caught, you know. I found a, a newspaper article that you, well, your sister left for me, I guess. Can you help us, Melinda? Why would you trust me with this 
You just met me. You have a reputation amongst the kind for your spiritual abilities and to find that you were well, one of the kindred, one of us. I knew it was a sign. I knew that you would be able to help my sister and I. Is your sister around? You feel a gentle breeze blow through the room after you ask that question. She is. Can I activate my Sense the Unseen? Yeah, activating your Sense the Unseen, uh, you see a... Uh, a young woman um, dressed in kind of a, a 1950s kind of like day dress kind of thing with a floral pattern. Um, and she looks very much like uh, like Rochelle. Uh, they, they definitely have a familial uh, resemblance to them. And she's standing uh, just on the, the other side, like behind the couch that Rochelle is, is seated at. Is the sister a kindred? Or is it a spirit? No, she's she's a ghost. She's a wraith. She's a ghost. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. That's what I, okay. So I'm guessing the murderer I'm trying to help you figure out is Curse? Uh, Millicent, the spirit, gives you a sad nod when you ask that question. Um. I'm going to turn, Melinda's going to turn her body to face Mel, Melicent? Melicent? Millicent, Millicent, yeah. Millicent, Millicent, sorry. It's going to take me a second to say. Um, you can call her Millie. Millie, okay, that's wonderful. <laughs> um, Millie, she's going to face Millie and... Um, I am sorry this happened to you. I wish this was something I was not. I, I wish this was something that didn't need solving. I'm sorry you lost your sister, Rochelle. When was this? Many years ago, as I'm sure you can uh, guess from the newspaper clippings. So you want me to find the killer? And what do I do when I find the killer? Well, we suspect that we already know who the killer is. He is one of our kind as well, and there is a further complication. Melinda. He is one of my clan, one of my family. A fellow Giovanni. And you see now why I desperately need your help. There's no one else I can turn to. Who is this kindred? His name is Dominic. He is a cousin. I will help you, Rochelle. 
but I will have to share that when I saw this box, I took it to Eloise. And Eloise and I may have experienced something when we were both looking at the racer. So she's already suspicious about this. Do you trust her? Oh, that is a loaded question to Melinda. Um, that is an answer I don't have yet. You expect that she'll be a problem? No, as long as this is not a problem for her, I think we'll be all right. I don't think we have a problem with Eloise. Wonderful. Um, do you have anything you can share with me so I can find this Dominique? I have a great deal of information about his schedule, his dealings, his finances even. He won't be easy to get to. But I intend to exact my revenge on my sister's behalf. Well, I once again ask, once I find him, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to hold him? Do you want me to let you know? Do you want me to bring him to you? Do you have a safe place to torture him? I don't um, intend that, to let him go into the final death so easily. At that, Melinda is going to be, like, shocked. Because this is too aggressive for Melinda's <laughs> um, um, liking. So, yeah, Melinda's going to just be a little shocked. Um, unfortunately, I, I, I don't have a... A place to torture him. Um, I am sure you can find a place where we can bring him. Maybe here? Yeah, I can not here, but I can secure accommodations. Yeah, I, I apologize. I think my skills end when your torturing skill begins. So <laughs> I apologize. Well, you are of Clan Tremere, are you not? Perhaps your blood magics might prove useful in the torture chamber. Sure, well, you can do something interesting. Well, if necessary, I mean. I will do anything to help you, Rochelle. You have my word. Well, then I do hope it will be necessary. Anyway, darling, I'll forward you Dominic's schedule. Uh, you and your associate make whatever plans you need to nab him. And we will rendezvous, uh, hopefully, in a few nights. Wonderful. I'm actually very glad I brought Foxglove here with me, because now we can plan this together and I can share this with someone. I'm not alone. <laughs> Well, well, if, if there's if, uh, 
nothing else you need from me this evening, darling. I'm glad we can do business. Um, surely we can discuss uh, payment. I don't expect you to work for nothing or for rather indeterminate reward. I don't Would like not- IOUs, so if we could settle your terms now. How about I help you, you help me, when I'll probably going to need your help in the near future, actually. I... Then. Yes. Your terms are agree. A major boon for a major boon. Wonderful. <laughs> so happy I get to help you. We're gonna find uh, Melee's revenge, and it's gonna be wonderful. With that, the 90-year-old butler shows you and Foxglove back out to Foxglove's car. And you drive off into the night to plot a kidnapping. Um, before we get back to the hotel, uh, Melinda, in the drive back. Uh, Foxglove, just so we're both on the same page, just in case. Um, we went to look to see if we can figure out what these items are, but we didn't find anything. Right, got it. We didn't find anything. We'll share the information with Eloise if necessary. And uh, would you have left the items with Rochelle? Certainly she would have wanted them. Um, yeah, because I wasn't going to get any information from them. I already did. Yeah. Um. So I I left them. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Well, did I? Yeah, I, mean, I did. Again, she would have she would have wanted them. So if you didn't want to leave them, then we'll have to circle back. No, no, no. I did. I did leave them. Okay. Very good. And with that, you drive off to head back to the hotel. All right. So Eloise, you lead Henri. Uh, into your office, I believe, presumably. Uh, yes. And Eloise is going to make herself a cup of tea. Um, please, please, s- sit down, make yourself comfortable. Are you sure yeah. I can't get you anything, uh, anything to drink, make you more comfortable? No, the only thing I require is information. Uh, uh, I can do my best. And Eloise is going to have her tea in her little fancy cup, um, put on her gloves so she can stir it with a silver spoon. She's going to sit down next to him. It's not often that we get guests um, of such renown here. You say I am a guest of renown, but it was quite obvious that your companion and yourself have never heard of me. What has transpired in my domain while I have slumbered? Well, you must understand, we are um, quite young. Uh, 
in in terms of of kindred life we are just lowly humble servants of uh of the tower um we've been running this uh establishment for a few years now but i'm afraid i can't give you much by way of history we are simply cogs in a wheel that's been churning for much longer than we've been a part of it, if that makes sense. Well said. Eloise. Yes, Eloise Bobbitt. And who currently turns this wheel in Phoenix, Miss Bobbitt? Well, as you mentioned earlier, you were looking for a you were looking for someone by the name of... Colette. Colette, yes. My Colette. wayward childer. Yes, that, that name rings a bell, and I, I think that is someone of import, but uh, I can't say that I know um, personally. Roll for me your charisma or manipulation plus your subterfuge, because that is a that is a bold face lie. Bold face lie. <laughs> <laughs> Three. Three successes. Yes, I do believe my vain child would not stoop to associate with those of your bloodline. But you say she walks the night here in Phoenix still. Yes, and, and may I ask how long you've been um, taking a nap underneath my pool? When I last walked the night, it was the 1920s. And what what led to your um, situation here? That particular tale of betrayal is perhaps best left for another time, Miss Bobbitt. Of course, of course. It's it's just the the more that I the more that I know, the more that I can serve you. Again, we we don't usually get um renowned guests in in this establishment. I am more interested in what more you know, Miss Bobbitt. And he's going to activate his presence power, Majesty. Uh, so let me read you the effects of Majesty. Okay. Uh, at this pinnacle of the discipline, the vampire can amplify their continents to supernatural levels. Whether they appear as heart-rendingly beautiful, monstrously terrifying, or wielding absolute command, everyone who views them is struck by their image, unable to act or even speak against the vampire. To experience majesty is to be in the presence of the divine or the infernal. Okay, what am I El rolling for? Eloise, uh, your composure plus your resolve. Let's see how it goes. That uh, would be a three. 
you also could okay so three is not going to be enough to resist the effects of his uh charismatic powers and uh eloise you find yourself completely awestruck by this um gorgeous vampire before you he is the the absolute um embodiment of command and authority and you find yourself unable to act against him okay tell me miss bobbit again everything you know about the camarilla court of phoenix well it uh appears that miss Colette is in charge, you see, um, at the helm, as it were, and... Uh, bears his fangs as you see this, as you say this. Uh, not at you, kind of just out <laughs> into the room as, as you're giving him the bad news, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> um, she seems to run a, a tight ship, um... We're not privy to all of the ins and outs of, of her business, but uh, a fellow Nosferatu acts as her, as her sheriff. Uh, Deacon is his name. Yes, Deacon, I know the name well. A man named, named Bakersfield is, is acting as Harpy. I don't, yeah. And I, don't think I, do, I do not know that one. Uh, I'm afraid I, I I don't know more. Henri stands and reaches a hand out and places it on your face, uh, on your cheek. Thank you, Eloise. You've been a great help. Whatever I can do to serve. And, and without another word, he turns and walks out of the room. Um, and does, continues on out of the hotel. Does his does that power kind of still have an effect on me, or once he's gone, do I? Kind once of... you're outside of his his uh, presence, essentially, once he leaves, um, it would it would drop. Okay, so at that point, Eloise would like put her hands over her mouth and be like, "Oh shoes, oh shoes, ah." Uh, what do I do? And she's going to pull out her phone and say, and text Deacon again. A crepe is on the loose. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's, uh, let's go out to the courtyard to uh, Jeffy and Shep disposing of the body. Well, I think uh, before even the body, I think Jeffy, um, so he like opens the pool shed. Are there, is there like caution tape or cones or would I like, like, you know, I kind of want to set up a like, like, hey, let's preserve the masquerade a little bit out here and (laughs) uh, cordon off the area. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like tarp over the hole. And well, there, there would be, um, there would be a pool cover. Then yeah, cover cover the pool, set up like cones with caution tape, uh, 
maybe an out of order sign like those one of one of those little like uh, triangle mm-hmm. signs you know yeah <laughs> um and then join shep as he's like appraising the situation of this corpse oh hell oh man mr shep things have really gone to shambles since you've been gone i'm so glad you're back I don't know what you want me to do about any of this. Well, uh, it's just that I've never, um, well, I've never disposed of a body before. And, uh, I mean, Uh, I guess we can chuck him down that hole, but, uh, well, it's going to start to stink eventually. Hmm. I can take care of that. There's plenty in the hills that, Hmm. make short work of a body. Uh, if, if you help me wrap him up here, uh, we can chuck him in the back of the El Camino, and uh, yeah, if you got a spot, we I'll drive us out there. Hmm. Best, best I take care of this one on my own, but uh, wrapping it up, sure, put it in the shed for now. All right, you get the legs, I'll get the hands. And we do. Yeah. Chuck him in the shed for now. Way in the back. Um, actually, no, before we do that, let's grab a shower curtain first. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's staying in 45B. I'll be right back. Well, no one's staying in his room anymore. Yeah, that's pretty sure that one's 45B and he like gives you a weak, ineffectual punch in the shoulder and like heads off to go get the. (laughs) All right, so Jeffy, you return with the shower curtain. So we'll wrap them up in that just so there aren't any traces left in the shed. Um, Deal with the corpse at the end of the night. Well, all right, that's taken care of. Um, looks like there's not a lot of blood. We better, oh boy, we better go check on Eloise. She's with that, uh, with that Frenchman. Yeah, I only caught the last bit of that. What happened? Oh, well, there was some, uh, oh boy, there was some tile damage down at the bottom of the pool and I just got a, got a little fixated and I, I tried to fix it. I swear I tried to fix it and it just like, it caved in. Uh, and yeah, uh, there's a, there's a, oh, there's like a, a, a what's it called? A sarcophagus boy down there. I'm, uh, Shepard's going to walk to the edge of the pool and activate uh, eyes of the beast and heightened senses to look down into the hole. Pull back a corner of the the tarp that yeah. Jeffy spread out. Yeah, so you see you see the chamber below, you see the sarcophagus with the ornate carvings. Look, old. Well, um, uh, he said he was the uh, the, the um the prince. The, the yeah yeah he said he was the prince. Hmm. Uh, and also, um, oh, and also that um, our prince is uh, uh, his his child. Well, 
can't really trust anything with fangs, can you? Oh, <laughs> no, sir. My goodness. I ain't been at this long, but that's the, that's the first lesson I learned. <laughs> well, this should uh, get real messy real soon. Honestly, the past couple nights, I think already uh, it's messier than I'm comfortable with, but, uh, well, I... I I don't know. Should I, should I get should I get the double barrel? Are we safe? Well, all I know is territory can only hold one ruler. Well, I guess we better tread lightly then with uh, who we help <laughs> in these oh boy these coming nights. And I don't want to get in no trouble. Hey, you know, maybe we're low enough on the food chain that they won't even think about us. Ever play chess, Jeffy? Oh, I'm real good at checkers. Yeah, let's just say pawns don't do so well. Oh, hell. Well, I'm real worried about Miss Eloise. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go check on her. You can come if you want to. And then he'll, like, go to check on Eloise. I'll follow. Right. I think this is around the same time that uh, Melinda and Foxglove would be returning from their meeting. Uh, so I think as uh, Melinda, you you and Foxglove, when you arrive back at the hotel, you've entirely missed um, Henri. Uh, he's already departed. Uh, so when you enter the lobby, you expect that nothing has probably happened while you were gone uh it looks like it was a quiet evening you don't find eloise at her desk uh the lobby is empty but you do see shep and jeffy coming in from the courtyard i'm gonna send fox love to quickly return to molly to make sure that everything's good um since i didn't see eloise uh by her desk and then i'll just greet uh jeffy and uh, Hello, hi. So good to see you. How are you? Oh, hey there, Miss Melinda. How's your night going? Pretty uneventful. How's yours? Walkie-talkie off tonight, then. I just, you know, I just wanted to go for a walk. Felt like those type of nights. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, uh, that's you know that's real good. That's real good and all. Um, pool pools down. Oh, oh. showed up what? just in time for a staff meeting. Yeah, we we got got a whole lot to talk about. Uh, twixt the three of us. Well, what what happened to the pool? Oh, I broke it. Oh, Jeffy, what did you do? I was just trying Did to you? fix it. I swear, everybody just, I tried to fix it. There's a, we woke up some guy, the old prince. That's suffice it to say. I woke up. God damn it. I woke him up. <laughs> the old, wait, hold, hold on, Jeffy. What do you mean that you woke up the old prince? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Do I need to speak slower? I woke up the old 
prince that was below our pool. By accident, I swear, everybody, it was an accident. Oh, oh, Jeffy. You don't have to be a smartass, but you know, um, it's just kind of surprising to hear that the old prince was in our pool? Did Eloise know about this? Oh, uh, no, she, she seemed pretty, uh, blindsided when I told her. Well, that was what the, um, we were trying to, yeah, we tried to call everybody, but, uh, turns out n- uh, no one was here. So, um, yeah, here, come here. And he'll like pick up one of the corners of the tarp and like show you the slumped in like sinkhole of a pool. Uh, um, yeah. No one can use that pool anymore. Yeah, and there's like a there's like a Sarky down there, and uh, he came out of it, and uh, now he's with Miss Eloise. So we were just we were just on our way to to check on her. As you guys were on the way to Eloise, and I was gonna say Eloise, you probably would overhear this conversation between Melinda and uh, Jeffy mm-hmm. happening. Okay, um, Shep, um. Do you... Have you ever tailed someone? On occasion. Um, I think we might need a tail on the gentleman who has just vacated the premises. If you would be so kind. You mean the former prince who could... Uh, be hundreds of years old? <laughs> yes, best not to be seen. Uh, I'm gonna activate my my uh, uh, heightened senses and try to smell if I can still smell him. Fortunately for you, probably fortunately for you, Shep, you can't. Um, you didn't really get a good whiff, of, a good enough whiff of him in the first place. Um, hard to tell amongst the other scents of the night. Appears to be in the wind, as it were. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, well, I, I guess I guess we should have a, a staff meeting. Um, so that was the old prince, and I may have told him everything I know about the Camarilla. Eloise. Well, how much is that? Uh, well, good for us, it's not much. Uh, they they don't loop us into a, a lot, you see, but he, he, he overpowered me, and um, he knows who the current prince is, and I, he seems to be on a bit of a war path. Um, we'll need to dispose of the body uh, before... Before anything, uh, before anyone stumbles upon it, um, Shep, Jeffy, were you able to to take care of that? I mean, we we got a plan. We're we're acting. Don't worry. But uh, uh, just real quick though, uh, shouldn't we like, I don't know, uh, get in touch with the prince somehow? The prince who put us in charge of this place, and now we've let her sire loose. Yes, that that seems to be the situation, and I I haven't been bestowed with the contact information of the prince, but I have reached out to the sheriff. Don't you worry. 
It's all under control. It's all under control. But isn't this putting us in danger, Eloise? Are we now against the new prince by letting the old prince out? That appears like it might be a risk right now, but uh, we'll just have to think of a way to spin this in our favor. How can we spin that Jeffy woke up the old prince when he was supposed to only clean the pool? I was just trying to fix the damn tiles. Why isn't anyone listening to me? Now, now, now is no time for finger pointing. Now is the time for, uh, figuring out solutions. What do we know of this old prince? Well, uh, he's been under our pool for about a hundred years. So he doesn't know much about the modern times. So at least we have that going for us. I believe this is a very silly question, but was he put there by his own decision? Or was the new prince somehow involved in taking down her sire? Are you asking whether he chose to live under our pool? Yes, I I want to be very clear in what the heck I'm getting myself into. I, I don't think that was a choice, Melinda. Yeah, sounded like column B. <laughs> oh, okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> but I mean, he wasn't staked or nothing. He was just in a he was just in a box. Like I, I don't know. I mean, so Jeffy, you would know that if if someone were in torpor long enough, if they were put in torpor through their wounds, their wounds would presumably heal over time, though they would run out of blood and they would essentially fall into like a hunger torpor. So the heat. Okay, never mind. Scratch that. Reverse it. Is there anyone we can reach out to who might know this former prince that doesn't have connections to the tower? Eloise? Do you have that information? Um, would we know anyone? Uh, Eloise, probably not. Well, why are we... Why are we trying to evade the tower in the first place? We're trying to be good boys. We're trying to climb up the ladder, as they say. Right, Miss Eloise? Like, why are we trying to trying exactly. to get all shifty? Exactly, Jeffy. And, and this one might have escalated uh, a little bit above uh, our pay grade. I, I did um, send a text message to, to Deacon earlier. I wonder if he's responded. And she pulls out her reading glasses and looks down at her phone. And you see that you have gotten a reply from Deacon. <laughs> how, the, how long ago? Uh, at this point, let's say let's say you sent the the second message about ten minutes ago. The the message that you got in reply was about five minutes ago, uh, <laughs> and it simply says, "Little busy this evening. Meet you first thing tomorrow." Well, um, it appears we're on our own for this evening. Um, do we know? Do we know at all, like, where the, like, where the prince 
stays and conducts her business or oh uh you would know the the address of the elysium that you've been invited to in a couple of nights that it's a it's very small uh independent art gallery in phoenix uh other than that you don't know anything about the prince's dealings that is definitely to you eloise been kind of above your pay grade like you don't ask questions you're a good little lackey Mm mm-hmm uh, uh, Miss Melinda, you got anything spooky you could do to help us track him down? Um, unfortunately, I don't. There's no blood from him I can use? No, he seemed pretty empty when he awoke. <laughs> Jeffy Shep, did you dispose of that body out there? Again, we're we're working on it, and we're in, we're in the middle of the job. We we're it's in the shed, locked up. Don't you worry. I got the key right here. I'll sign it back in when we're done. Yes, don't don't forget to do that. Well, maybe I take care of the body. I'm not exactly welcome in the city. Okay, we'll talk about that another time, Shep. Um, Jeffy, would you like to accompany me into town? Seeing as how you kind of got us into this mess? I was just... Yeah, obviously, Miss Eloise, you tell me where to go, I'm gonna help you get there, but just... We gotta gotta have a plan. You you said this guy got you under under his spell. He's gonna be able to do that to any of us. Yes, I'm not not exactly looking for him. I just want to make sure that there's some warning so the prince knows that uh, her old sire is on a blood hunt for him, for her. Um, sorry to interrupt, but you see, I am a little concerned that if we make the now prince aware of our situation... She might not take it well and might think that we did it on purpose. Hmm. So what do you suggest, Melinda? We just wait it out and and see who wins and try to curry favor with whomever comes out on top? No, Eloise, that's not what I'm saying. That's not a bad idea. As long as the current prince doesn't come out on top, that would be bad for us yeah i'm just thinking here of old jeffy it was a... i mean Jeff, yes we know you were just trying to fix it i mean if we but... leave now he doesn't know how to drive a car doesn't have the internet doesn't have a cell phone yeah we could try to hit him with the car and stake him <sighs> put him put him right back where we found him none the wiser fix the pool you know way to go bellhops we we sorted it out oh jeffy you're so just so funny i can i can get that bad boy up to 72 all, all the way up to 72 whoa an old kindred like him will definitely not see that coming <laughs> um just saying it's an option okay if we're like we're all bickering here. We're throwing out spitballs. I'm not figured. And as you're talking, you all realize 
how late the evening has grown. Uh, your various errands and uh, misadventures. And it's not quite sunrise yet, but you know it's around the time where you need to be wrapping things up for the night. I should be going. Right, right. Uh, yes, um... Good job, team. We'll we'll call it a night, sleep on this one, as it were, and, and figure out in the morning what on earth we should do. I'm going to tell Foxglove if that's okay with you, Eloise. I think she needs to be aware of the situation. I, I, I guess that's all right, Melinda, but please make sure she knows that her, her first and foremost uh, priority is to keep that child safe and quiet. Don't worry. We're very clear that. We have any duffel bags? Oh, yes. Um, I believe Mr. Um, what's his name? Chatsworth? Woodchester. <laughs> I believe Mr. Woodchester had some luggage in his room. He had a nice big rolling suitcase. It'll definitely fit a body. Alright, so I guess I'll go pack him up and hike on out to the hills. Yes, but Shep, please remember to check the key back in when you're done. We have to keep this place in order. Yes, ma'am. And Melinda, you go check in on Foxglove and Molly and find them um, perfectly fine in Foxglove's room watching TV. You fill Foxglove in on what has been going on. And then uh, tonight you're going back to your haven, right? Like, you don't want to sleep yeah. in the closet again. <laughs> no, no, no. I need to change right. clothes as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so you depart and uh, and make it back to your haven with uh, plenty of time to spare so you can get comfortable for the evening or for the day sleep rather perfect um so this time I'm not going to go to um Siobhan's cave mm. for now uh I'm just going to stash the suitcase in my cave okay um, I, I assume it's it's not well traveled yeah no no no, no. uh is Ulma around or up she is not uh she is out and has not returned you also know that she has the ability to earth meld so she doesn't always come back here for the day sleep uh she likes to range a bit okay um i guess i'll just scratch into the the like dust on the ground we need to talk mm -hmm. before i go into my uh, underwater chamber leaving a message and then Eloise you turn in doing your day sleep routine a very eventful evening for you yeah I feel like before Eloise goes to sleep she's like pacing back kind of scrambling for trying to think of like a plan and kind of outlining pros and cons of, like, <laughs> do we try and track down the prince and warn the prince? Do we change sides and try and, like, support this old prince? Do we run away 
<laughs> I have a whiteboard <laughs> board, and as Eloise is like writing down and trying to figure it out, it devolves into like a list of tasks that need to be done to like fix the pool and like replenish food in the restaurant and like all of the things that we need to do to run the hotel because that's her comfort zone. And with the, the marker still in hand, the sun rises in the sky and the day sleep claims you. Oh, no. And then finally, Jeffy, Jeffy, you're going back home to the trailer tonight. Yeah. I'm going to go see what's going on. Oh, hell, I hope that fucking Ron isn't there. And as you return to Mama's trailer, you find Ron's truck is not there. And you head inside into the darkness. You hear the TV still on. You hear Mama snoring from the couch. Just as the screen door slams behind you, Jeffy, you hear a voice in the darkness. Think you can make a fool of me, boy? And the gun fires. And that's where we're going to end for the evening.